Good morning, y'all. My name is Anna Wood. I am your hostess. This is Feminine Fidelity. I am the blogger at Femina Solagradia. My purpose is to glorify God, uh, help recover biblical womanhood, and to fight against feminism and all the evil that it has brought into our lives, into the church, into society. So let's get busy here today. Um, so I don't care if I'm popular. I've never been popular, never wanted to be popular. And with what I write about, what I talk about, I never will be. And that's okay, because truth isn't popular. You won't win any popularity contest by taking a stand for what Scripture says. However, God tells us that we must do just that. Biblical womanhood has gained a very bad reputation because the church capitulated again and again and again. Whenever there was pushback from the feminist or from secular sources from the progressives within the church, we gave an inch, we gave another inch, we gave another inch, and soon we had given everything. We are told in the book of Jude that we are to contend for the faith. And taking a stand for what God says about womanhood, about manhood, about creation order, it is taking a stand. It is that in taking a stand, it is contending for the faith. It is um, going to make you unpopular, but perhaps you will have a chance through taking a stand to actually make a difference in the lives of your daughters, in the lives of your neighbors, maybe in the lives of some of the young ladies in the church who have never been taught. And it makes a difference in your own life because you're bringing God glory. See, biblical womanhood isn't something that we can take or leave as we see fit. God commanded us in Titus 2 um, to love our husbands, to love our children, to be keepers of the home, to be sober-minded. We're to be good. And, and good is in God's definition, not in the world's. And that is, we're to be holy and set apart. And most women today, even in the church, have this feeling that, or this belief that by taking a stand for Titus 2 or for Proverbs 31 in a truly biblical sense, is to be a legalist. Nothing can be further from the truth. To obey God and to be holy, to be the set-apart woman he has called us to be, is not legalism, it is obedience, and it honors God. I don't want to be controversial, but truth in today's society is controversial. But truth honors God, and our actions as women of God to seek God's glory and to actually obey the things that he has set apart, set, uh, that he has taught us for us, for us to do, uh, 
will bring him glory. It will honor him. It will help build the church. It will bring us dishonor. And that's okay. Christianity makes women free. Everywhere that Christian truths have been taught, women have become freer. Secularism, secularism, feminism, progressivism, and all their ilk create women who not only destroy themselves, but they destroy everything around them and everyone around them. And we're told that it's not loving at all to call women out or to tell women that they're failing or that there's limits as to what is acceptable. There's things they can't say or do. It's not considered even appropriate to acknowledge and that women can sin, but women sin a lot. Everyone sins. Scripture teaches us for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all sin because we're fallen creatures. But there, as a Christian woman, we don't want to live in that sin. But that's that's what the progressives do. That's what feminists do. They, they uh, hold their sin close to their chest. They love it. They don't, some of them may know they're sinning. Some of them, excuse me, some of them, some of them really love the fact that they are sinning and they want to continue it because it's what, it's what they love. It's what they do. We have to speak up. We have to take a stand in our own lives and we have to um, we have to teach that which is good. Okay, so, you know, feminism has assaulted the church. It has assaulted our families and our society. And this has been going on since the, oh, mid-1800s. Feminism has changed our views on womanhood, on marriage, on manhood, on family and children on the church, on what a woman is supposed to do, can do, how she's to dress, how she's to act, what's appropriate to say. But it's our duty for those of us who have studied and learned. It is our duty to stand up and say, no, this is what scripture says. And those activities, they're not right if you see a woman in sin. And it is our duty to say, hey, this is what God has Commanded. And that's what I want to do here. If you see the extensive damage that feminism has caused and all of the dangers that it is has imposed and is still imposing and you don't warn them, you're at fault and you've just sinned and you will have to answer to God for that. God commands women to be submissive to their husbands and have a quiet and gentle disposition. How many women have that? I mean, truly, even in the church today, we read that and go, oh, that's nice. I have that. Surely I have that. But do you? Do I? That's what we must ask ourselves. Do we truly understand what it means to have a quiet and gentle disposition? This means we're not boisterous. We're not putting ourselves out there. We're not trying to make ourselves the center of attention. Everything does not revolve around me. We're to see, We're seeking to be helpers. We're seeking to be holy women and to do that which is right. We're gentle. 
this is the opposite of what most women are today, even women within the church. Um, we're to be holy. God commands us to be holy. To be holy means to be set apart. To be holy means that you're pure. So if you're set apart and you're pure, you are living a life that is completely opposite of that which is celebrated in secular society or even in much of the church. If you are set apart and pure and holy, you are serving God. You are set apart for him, for his purposes. You are completely removed and outside of the realm of what is considered normal in our society, and even in many churches. And sadly, this is true even in most Reformed churches. We are commanded to be modest. God commands women to be modest in apparel, uh, not ostentatious, not seeking to draw attention to ourselves, not flaunting our sexuality, um, not dressing inappropriately so that people go, oh, look at her whether it's dressing too fancy or, or trying to dress in a way that is inappropriate for the situation. If you went into a wedding dressed in blue jeans, you're drawing attention to yourself. You may be covered, but that's still immodest because you've taken the attention off of everything else and put it on you. But we're not to flaunt our bodies. We're not to um, try to encourage men to want to look at us uh, you know, no cleavage. Ladies, cover up up there. Um, have your skirt low enough that if you had to bend over, you're not going to be showing your rump. You don't want to do that. That does not honor God. God, in, in Scripture, every single time that God describes what it means to be naked, it refers to the thigh being uncovered. That's part of it. Um, every time God's design for clothing is ever discussed. It's, you're covered, the entire thigh is covered. How many of us want to do that today? We want to wear short dresses, we want to wear short shorts, and we want to wear tight clothes. And none of this is honoring to God. God also commands us to be keepers at home. And this one is really, really, really unpopular. We want to describe a keeper at home as someone who Oh, she still cares for the home, even though she may not be in the home. I've seen this so many times. I've heard it in, I've heard it in um, discussions with ladies. I've even heard it from the pulpit. I've heard it. I've seen it in articles. I've seen it in books. They want to explain away the unique duty that the Lord gave women. You're to be in the home, caring for the home. And caring for your family within it. Now, this does not mean that you cannot be doing work to help your husband or to help bring in income. Our 1950s view of the housewife was not what God was talking about. Originally, households were productive. As when the woman is working in the home, she's working with her husband. And together, they're building a life. They're working a, a business um, they're raising their families together. They were there together. Now, there were times, of course, that the men had to go off. They had to go off to war. They had to go off to business. And she took care of all of that. Whatever was going on in the home 
with both of them there then became her responsibility. The children, the land, the animals, the, the business, whatever it was. She was a very, very busy woman. This was, this is the biblical view of womanhood. It's not someone who has lots of free days and she loils around and does her nails twice a week and she watches all of her favorite shows while sipping lattes. This is not the biblical view. A woman at home, a keeper of the home is just that. She is keeping the home. She is making it a home. She is making sure that it runs right. That her husband's vision and his purpose and his goals for the home are being fulfilled even when he's not there. She is honoring her husband by doing that which is right, that which is good. And she helps to lift up his name so that people look and go, oh, his household runs so well. They're not going, oh, look at him. He can't keep things together. She's bringing him honor by being a keeper of the home. Now, we want to explain it away in our modern times as someone who just goes in there and she makes sure that the dishes and the clothes and the floors are done Everything's picked up and everybody's got something to eat. If we're doing that, in our modern view, we've been a keeper of the home. That is not what God says. That isn't. Now, whenever you say this, there's always someone saying, oh, well, what about the exceptions? What about a woman who has to work? Yeah, that does happen. My mother had to work. Um, when she was 11 years old, her father was killed. Her mother, at this point in time, she could not get a job. She tried, but everyone was like, oh, you're in your early 40s, you're too old. My mother went to work at the age of 14, and she had to support her mother and her older sister who had uh, some health issues and her little brother who was very, very sick. And she, she had no choice. She worked to take care of them because there was nobody else there to do it. Later, many, many years later, my father was an, an abusive man. He was cruel. He would not, he would go off and leave us with no food, no money, nothing. My mother worked as she could. Sometimes he would come on the job and get her fired and she'd have to go somewhere else and get a job. But she worked to take care of me and to take care of herself. Because my father failed to do it. So there are exceptions. But there's also this. The church needs to step up in these cases. And Larry Burkett, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he was a financial advisor way back, um, like 30, 40 years ago. Um, uh, probably 20, 30 years ago. And he talked about how if the church did its duty, you know, these women wouldn't have to leave their homes. They would be able to figure out, help them figure out a way to work in the home because he saw the woman's role in the home as that important, so important that the church should step in and say, how can we keep you with your children? Because your children need you, mom. They really need you. They are your best work. That you are raising these little tiny souls for the Lord. At least hope you are. That is what God commands us to do. Okay, so we're supposed to be keepers of the home. We're to love our husbands. We're to love our children. 
That means we put them first. We take care of their needs. If we're running off and building a career, if we're trying to get men to look at us because we're dressed so sexily, if we are dressing in a way to compete with other women, we're not putting our husbands and our children first. We're not. If our days are filled with self-serving activities, we're not putting them first. We're not. Excuse me, and God commands us to put them first. God commands us to love them. It means we care for their needs. We honor and obey and submit to our husbands. And we, he is the first priority in the home to us. It's them and then the children. And if we do this right, then we're honoring the Lord. When we put the children first, if we have a child-centered household, we're going to have a household that's going to fall apart. And we can't, we can't do that and be honoring to the Lord. So God commands women to be submissive to their husbands, to have a quiet and gentle disposition, to be holy, to be modest, to be keepers of the home, and to love their children. We have forgotten this, or at least most of us have. When you try and explain it, people argue against it. They, they make fun of the idea. They're saying, oh, you're being judgmental. You're being harsh. You're being a legalist. Oh, you don't understand how my life is. I couldn't possibly do that today. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough training. I don't have anything. I don't have the heart to do that. Well, explaining away God's word always leads us to sin, ladies, always. So we have got to step up, ladies. Those of you who love the Lord, whether you're 15 years old or whether you're 75 years old or older, if you love the Lord and you love his word, we are compelled to obey it because we want to glorify and honor him. So we need to throw away all the feminist rhetoric. We need to dig down deep and figure out how was womanhood viewed before feminism? What did God truly command us in his word? We may have to read commentaries. We may have to dig deep and search. Go read some old books on marriage and family and home. Try and truly try to understand what God was talking about, what he commands us to do. Okay, so too many women today are loud. They're boisterous, they're contentious, they're modest, they're selfish. They're in love with the culture. We do not want to be like this, ladies. And that is the purpose of this podcast. It is to help call us back to biblical femininity and to so honor God by becoming the women that he has commanded us to be, we are to not comply with culture, not in the way we dress, not in what we watch or do or how we act, the decisions we make, the way we treat our husbands and children, the way we view our home, none of that. If we are doing this through a cultural lens, we are in sin, ladies. We have got to dig deep into scripture and figure out what it is, what it is that God is actually calling us to do. And then we must obey it. So we must repent when we have sinned in these ways by holding these views that are so contrary to the Word of God. And we are to exalt our Lord, honor our Lord, bring Him glory, not just in our homes, but in the world, by being that shining beacon of a woman who says, God's will, only His will. I want to obey his word. Whatever it says to me as a woman, this is who I want to be and what I want to do. 
and let us strive to do that, ladies. Y'all have a good day. Until next time, remember, sola Deo Gloria in everything. Always seek God's glory. Goodbye.